Well, in a, in a discussion of uh, spiritual disciplines or spiritual growth exercises, you would expect that we would start with prayer, Bible reading, meditation, etc. But actually, Sabbath rest is foundational for all of the rest, and it's often neglected. Essentially, it's the starting point for our rule of life, a necessary route to support the rest of our spiritual exercises. And here is where my own confession comes in. I am guilty of sometimes neglecting the Sabbath. I am guilty. And I want to work to change that. And I'll give you a little history. I know this isn't about me, but I'll, I'll, I'm going to come clean here this morning. Um, I can remember in Nicaragua being uh, sick and bedridden for a while. I had something called quebradora, which actually the medication was worse than the symptoms of the illness. And... Um, I had this kind of feeling that God was getting my attention. You don't have time for me, so I'm going to put you in bed, and you're going to have time for me. I was so busy doing God's work that I didn't have enough time for God. Now, doesn't that sound ludicrous? I mean, we're so busy doing God's work that we don't have time for Him. That doesn't make any sense, but that's where I found myself. At SPC... Of course, I bit off for far more than I could really feel adequately prepared to chew. And I can remember so many years at SBC where I lived in what I call perpetual survival mode. Now, some of you know what I'm talking about. It, it was, if I can just make it to the end of the semester, I see light at the end of the tunnel, if I can just make it up to there, and you know what happens. You get there and you're at another spot where if I can just make it to, if I can just, and you live in perpetual survival mode. That's really not what God has in mind for us, by the way. It isn't. And I confess that I, I, I've, I've developed, and those of you that know me a little bit, I've developed this, I used to drive concrete truck, and it was always foot to the floor. Everything I've done in my life has been foot to the floor. And there's a point where actually, you may feel good about that, and I realize we shouldn't be lazy and all of that. Uh, we take pride in our hard work ethic, and, and, and I would say, as I think back, uh, one of the things that I feel maybe modeled or something that I passed on to, uh, to our boys was... I'm proud of the hard work ethic they have. They both work hard. The problem is that it also requires balance. And I haven't demonstrated the balance part very well. I've got to admit that. <clears throat> so we've either inherited or we've modeled a hard work ethic. And, and if you want to use a, a negative term for lack of balance, we would call that workaholic. And in Spanish, we say an alcoholic is an alcoholico, and a workaholic in Spanish is a trabaholico. That's a word I've made up. Somebody that works to excess. So, we want to talk about Sabbath rest today. And like I say, uh, there are other ministers here uh, this morning. Um, sometimes we end up preaching to ourselves. 
And I don't want to say, do as I say, not as I do, because then I feel like a, a bit of a hypocrite, and that's why I'm coming clean and saying that I have actually struggled to, to uh, rest adequately. The, the, the origin of the Hebrew word sabbat, where, which is our word for Sabbath, uh, comes from a verb meaning to stop. Uh-huh. To stop. To cease. Just stop. Why do we need to stop? There's a bunch of reasons. A, a, a stop, a Sabbath rest, contradicts the pride that might come from our human mastery or manipulation of God's creation. Hmm? Ever thought about that? Ceasing from our labor will also remind us of our true status as dependent beings, dependent on God, because the whole world actually belongs to God. And, and so it's our recognition of that. To observe the Sabbath, you have to stop. You have to stop. Stop working. Stop doing things that drain you. Stop giving out. Just stop. Now, I've, I placate myself a bit because one of the things I was reading was that, that it doesn't just mean sitting on a couch for 24 hours. It, it also means, can mean doing things differently or doing different things. So if I swing a hammer all week, then it's not a Sabbath rest to swing a hammer on my day off. Okay, you see what I'm saying? In other words, you've got to change it up. You've got to change it up. Well, Exodus 20, uh, verses 8 to 11, the passage that we, uh, that we read, uh, gives us, this is part of the, of the Ten Commandments. And uh, notice that it's also, it's also based on the passage in Genesis, chapter 2, that says, On the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all the work which God created and made. Do you think that God was tired? That he was exhausted? He spoke things into existence. I don't think that he was tired. I don't think he needs to rest or take a break or sleep. I think that he ordained this day not because he needed a break or needed to rest, but because the creator understands intimately the creation, even though the creation doesn't. And he created us knowing that we needed a break. He created us knowing that we are not machines that can just go endlessly. We didn't need a break every two days, but it wasn't going to be enough to take a break every 15 days. We needed a break every seven days. Now, the Ten Commandments were given at Sinai, and uh, Jasia started us off, uh, as slaves in Israel, uh, they, they were able to leave. They crossed the desert in the direction of the Promised Land. And uh, at Sinai, Moses got these Ten Commandments in these tablets and shared them with the people. Uh, but it was also here that this whole idea of Sabbath comes into play in, 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 in a very real format. See, this is also where manna came down from heaven, food to eat. And you'll remember the story that the manna was there six days a week 
and they were supposed to take enough for two days on that sixth day so that they wouldn't go out and pick up manna on the seventh day. And if they did, uh, if, they, if they tried to go on the seventh day, it would rot. If they did others, they wouldn't find any, it would rot, etc., etc. Well, what was the point? And I think that the point was that this was a 40-year lesson in trust. You, you see, you had to trust that it would be there. You had to trust that it was enough. You had to trust that it would last. Sabbath requires trust. I know farmers, uh, I have a friend uh, who's, uh, who's a grain farmer, and I don't know of anybody that needs trust as much as a grain farmer because of the amount of money he has to put into the ground, the fuel that he spends, seeding, like, it's just astronomical. And, and then the two things he can't control determine a, a good chunk of the outcome. One is the weather, the rain, and all of that. And the other is the prices. Uh, so it requires a lot of faith. And I have this friend who's a farmer, a grain farmer, and he refuses to harvest on Sunday. And he says he's going to trust the Lord will be good to him and it'll all work out. And, and uh, I don't know about everybody's experience. I'm sure there are exceptions to that. Uh, but in this particular gentleman's case, uh, he's doing really well. And the other thing that he's done is he sets aside a certain part of his field for uh, Canada Food Grades Bank, and he told me that just about every year that field does the best. And he's okay with that. He's okay with that. So there's a spirit of generosity that, that, uh, that works. So Sabbath requires rest, uh, requires trust, sorry. Trust that if the Israelites didn't work the field on these days, there would still be enough food to survive. Trust that if they couldn't sell their wares, there'd still be enough money for them to live. I think trust is transforming. We begin to trust God in other areas of our life as well. And we could talk about tithing. Some people say, well, let's see. If there's anything left in the bank account at the end of the month, then I will give. And guess what? Like the song goes, there's always too much month at the end of the money. <laughs> That's very different than giving off the top at the beginning of the month and saying God will provide. Very different. Different focus. Trust. Honoring the Sabbath will give you an opportunity to grow in your trust of God and experience His faithfulness. We need to trust Him. Notice also Jesus' response to the Sabbath. And it reflects ultimately that the purpose of taking a Sabbath rest is our health. Our health. Physical, spiritual, mental, emotional. Jesus said that was the purpose. Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So, this morning I want to tell you that Sabbath is a gift. It's a gift. The command to observe the Sabbath is not meant to be a burden, but rather a gift from God. And it's a necessary part of our walk as believers. Something that we need in order to function properly both physically and spiritually. So God created this Sabbath rest for you, and all you have to do is accept it. All you have to do is accept it. From the very beginning, he established it with you in mind. He wanted you to be able to take a break. He knew that you would need time to slow down physically. He knew that you would get bogged down with the things of this world. 
and that you would need him to be your refuge. He knew that you would need rest, both physical and spiritual. So it's in your best interest to plan a Sabbath rest, however that looks for you. Also, when we regularly pause from our ambitions and activities, we also create space to experience Christ. When we regularly pause from all of the busyness, we also create space to experience Christ. Thomas Merton said, the most pervasive form of violence in the modern world is busyness. The most pervasive form of violence in the modern world is busyness. Not drugs, not guns, but busyness. That's a bold statement. We stop because it's time to stop. Sabbath requires surrender. If we only stop when we're finished, emails, projects, etc., we will never stop because our work is never done. If you say, well, I'm going to keep working until it's all done, I'm betting you will never stop. Sabbath actually gives us a chance to get off of that hamster wheel and listen to God's voice and to take a break. We may also be busy because we are motivated by a need to validate our worth. Have you ever thought about that? I've I've thought about our hard work ethic. As as Mennonites, many of us are Mennonites, we've we've inherited and we've been taught this hard work ethic. And And I wonder, as I think about it, is it also partly because we need to validate our worth? Is it because, well, we're measuring ourselves what we accomplish, uh, who we know, or the influence that we have? Or is it because I don't want to need anyone? So it's actually an expression of independence. Is it an image thing? See, I, I think sometimes there's also, the coin has two sides, and sometimes there's, an, there's also a negative component to, yeah, hard work is good, six days a week. Uh, We need to learn to rest. Now, some of us grew up with all kinds of restrictions. And if you're my age and older, you'll remember some of this. Uh, But what you could and could not do on Sunday. Uh, There was a time when you couldn't play sports, you couldn't go bowling, you couldn't, like, you could do just about nothing on Sunday. You were supposed to keep it sacred. And And I think we maybe have to look at that word sacred and God setting aside Sabbath uh, maybe the idea of sacred means that it's actually designated for something, i.e. rest. It's designated for rest. And as I said, Sabbath means doing something on that day that is different from what you do the rest of the week. In other words, you need to, you need to refresh. Well, what happens when you forego resting? Uh, what's the big deal anyway? Um, I'm sure we've all experienced time in our life or periods in our life when we lack physical rest. Maybe those months when you're nursing a newborn baby that gets up every couple of hours in the middle of the night. Uh, Or maybe a rough patch at work uh, where three people let go and their jobs are given to you as well as your own. Uh, During these times, you didn't get the physical rest that your body really needed. Uh, Do you remember how you felt during that time? Uh, it can be very exhausting. So there are some symptoms of not getting enough rest. 
irritability, being distracted, unable to focus, clumsy, feeling drained or exhausted, headaches, depression, etc., etc., etc. It's clinically proven that these symptoms and more happen if you don't slow down, take a break, and get some rest. And I've always said, I'm normal. It hasn't affected me in the least. Well, we need, we need rest as well to be able to function. What about spiritual rest? Physical rest is vital to the nourishment of our bodies, but spiritual rest is also vital for our souls. And there are symptoms of lacking spiritual rest as well. Feeling of God being far away, uh, feeling of doubts, or foregoing fellowship with believers and family and friends, uh, works of the flesh creeping into your life, not bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit, uh, sin becoming more prevalent in your life, uh, diminishing prayer life, uh, trouble reading or opening your Bible, um, being drawn more to things of the world. There's, there's all kinds of symptoms as well of not having spiritual rest. And I would say these are red flags that suggest that you and I are not resting well enough. Rest is an opportunity to reset kind of like when you have to do a hard reset on your computer. It's, a, it's an opportunity to reset and to refresh, both physically and spiritually. The other thing that rest does is it allows you, or it gives you the opportunity to put your flesh under the control of your spirit. And Scripture tells us that the spirit and the flesh war against each other. And one is controlling the other. And so it's vital for our walk with God to put our flesh under the control of the Spirit. And spiritual growth exercises, like rest, help us to do that. Help us to do that and help us to do that well. As we refocus, we're able to remember that the number one priority in our life is God. And we can focus on that. As I've mentioned, one of our big problems is busyness. Busyness. This weekend, uh, with the help of my boys, I, I poured a piece of, I, I made my driveway wider, poured some concrete. And, uh, I, you know, I'm like this. It's kind of like, oh, you're, that last piece of food from supper is in your mouth. Let's go. Let's get going. And uh, the, the whole busyness, instead of what about relationship and all of that. So that, for me, that's, that's a big challenge because I'm, I'm, I'm task-oriented. And sometimes busyness and being task-oriented um, find it easy to get along uh, and you miss other things. So we suffer from busyness um, and yet the Bible kind of warns us that we need to rest. We need to rest. Well, maybe you're thinking uh, you're promoting laziness. Proverbs 6, verse 6 to 11 says, Go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. It is no commander, no overseer, no ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. I think probably most of us have read that passage. And so we don't want to be a sluggard. That's just a harsh word. 
I don't want to be called lazy or... But rest does not mean laziness. Rest doesn't mean putting off your responsibilities forever or indefinitely. That's not what it means. Actually, proper rest equips you to embrace the tasks that lie before you with the energy that you need to do them. So rest isn't God's desire for us all the time. We do need to maintain balance when we work and when we rest. So God commanded us to work hard six days and then rest one. If you rest and you feel it is no longer refreshing you, then probably there's something wrong. And maybe you're over-resting or not resting enough. Uh, maybe you've ventured into the zone of laziness. If Probably all of us had that experience where you lie down for a nap. 15 minutes is great. You get up and you go. You take an hour nap and you feel far more sluggish than you were before you lay down. You wonder why you did it, right? That's, that's maybe what we would call over-resting. So some practical tips to finish this morning. And then we're going to go home and rest. It's never too late to begin to establish or reestablish a discipline of rest in your life. I know it feels hard. I feel a little bit like that concrete on my yard. It's too late to trowel it. The imperfections that are there are there for good. And sometimes I feel like, man, it's hard to change. Man, it's hard to change. But, but sometimes we have to. We have to. We need to learn to rest. Sleep, play, relax. Do things that refresh you. Make sure to stop from your normal activities. Sabbath doesn't have to be spiritual in what we normally call spiritual. It isn't a day that you have to spend 24 hours reading your Bible and praying. All of those things are good, and if they refresh you, absolutely. But don't do them out of duty or once again to perform. That doesn't make sense. God is giving you a day off. Take it. It's interesting, in the Hebrew mindset, actually... Sabbath was really day one. I know the one in seven. But the, the, the thinking was, I rest so that my tank is full and my energy is there so that I can work for six days. That's a lot different than, than killing yourself for six days and then being absolutely exhausted and resting for a day. You see the difference? I, I take rest so that I'm prepared for the six days of work rather than, I need to rest, I'm exhausted from the six days of work. You may not, if you're watching, you're not here, or maybe you're here and you work on Sunday because of your job, then find another day of the week that you are able to set aside as a day of rest. Mine is Friday. And don't ask me how that's going, I'm working at it. Okay, I'm working at it. Don't laugh, Mo. I do different things on Friday, usually. I'm working at it. But find a day of rest. God has gifted you with that rest, and it's important for all of our other spiritual exercises for us to be able to do that. So Sabbath gives our lives space. We need space. 
Make sure to start a pattern of rest this week and enjoy Sabbath. Let's pray and then we'll get the praise band to come up. Heavenly Father, uh, you, you knew what you were doing when you created us. And as we read in the commandment, that rest applies to us, to our children, to our workers, even to animals, to the fields. We recognize that even the concept of, of dormancy and all of these things, rest is built into every corner of your creation because it works best when that's there. And uh, we, uh, at least I have to confess, that I've not always been good at, at resting when I'm supposed to. And so, Father, we ask that you would help us, that you would uh, help us with this discipline so that we would have uh, better energy for the rest of the week, but also that we would have space to commune with you as we do that. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, some, some comments or some response. I'm going to risk it. Uh, what do you think? I, I kept thinking of the word investment. Yep. Um, and thinking that, that our time spent um, investing in things that are other than our daily work is important. Um, for me, it's become, it's become quite significant. Um, one of the things that Karen and I have tried to do is... Uh, a couple of years ago, we got a little boat and we try to go out and, and take a day where we're out on the water. Uh, when we do that, uh, when we're able to do that, when the weather is right and when everything works out, uh, like for instance, last Sunday in the afternoon, we went out and we had a beautiful afternoon mm. of just being out on the water. Uh, we even caught a couple of fish. It was, it was, it was good. It was, and when we're there, we're not working through all the things that we have to do in life. Both of us work in jobs where we're working with people. And so sometimes, and, and we're both kind of introverts at heart. And so then what happens is we need some time where we don't have people to kind of refresh that. And so um, that's And the kind fish of, don't ask questions. No, no, not usually. No. Sometimes they put up a fight, but that's about it. <laughs> Good, thank you. Yeah.